The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. John, what's going on, man? What's up, what's up? You're what's going on. <laughs> the two of us here, mates. Uh, we, we spoke to David only a couple of hours ago and he said he first got pitched the movie and he was like, uh, this is going to be a hard pass for me. But then he read the script. He's like, oh, shit, I think I've got to do this. How did you go read the script <laughs> for the first time? Oh, my God. I was. It was a page turner for me. I was laughing out loud going, what the f- are they thinking they, they I mean it's violent it's vulgar it's it's uh it's, it's hilarious and then it was and it, it didn't really move me when I read it but when I saw it it I was like I, I almost cried at the end and I was like wait a minute whoa I got choked up but yeah. like really bad like you know the kind where you're like I'm not really crying is anybody you know that kind of thing it got me <laughs> A great playground for yourself, I guess. It's like you're the villain. It's Christmas. There's over-the-top action and gore. You kind of can't go too far with it. Um, so it must be a wonderful playground for you to sort of stretch out how far you can go on the role. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, uh, your action film is only as good as your villain, you know, how how smart your villain is. So I, I was definitely asking the writers and, and uh, Tommy Wirkula that I wanted to be really smart. I still wanted to be funny. But you can't be goofy or silly because then the danger disappears and your movie goes flat. So I wanted to be witty and, and keep the danger up. I didn't want to let the danger drop, but I wanted to be understood. I didn't want to be liked. I'm not a corny actor and I'm okay with that. So I, but I wanted to be a little understood and definitely respected. And you're, you're undoubtedly the villain in this because you're terrifying and fantastic. But there was one point where I was actually like feeling not sorry for you, but I'm like, wow, I want to know this guy's story because that scene with the chimney, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It made sense. Do you think? What do you think is more fun to play in this kind of movie? That the villain or the or the hero? Well, the way I mean, the, 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 in this movie, because Santa is an anti-hero, so he's kind of fun to play too. You know, these two roles are so interesting because even though I'm the villain, I'm kind of like a Robin Hood, but a toxic Robin Hood. So you're kind of like, I, I kind of root for him, but he's disgusting. <laughs> but, but but I kind of understand where he's going. And then Santa, you're like, oh, he's so up but he's kind of cool it's so I, I, that's what I love about the movie what the writers have created is a really complex movie and that's what I like filmmaking that's not easy not so you know corny and commercial I, I like things that are that blow the genre up how, how much training like obviously there's action scenes galore in this film and gory and and it's a lot of like oh from an audience perspective what a weird scene <laughs> But how much training goes into that to kind of get those scenes beautifully orchestrated like that? A lot. Luckily, David Leach, you know, the producer and uh, director of John Wick 1, who I work with on John Wick mm. 1, uh, he understands that, you know, we're actors, we're not stunt guys. So he knows I needed a month. And he gave me the best stunt coordinator, Jojo Eusebio, and we worked through it meticulously, you know. It's 50 moves for that last sequence, and it's hard to memorize and it's hard to execute. But we worked on it five or six hours a day, every day for a month till it was in my body. And I could really sell those punches and those moves. And, and, and yeah, you know, and David worked just as hard, if not harder. You talk about watching it and, and there is a very, you know, you go in thinking, you know, what this movie is going to be. And then there is that other half of it. It's actually a really sweet Christmas movie. If you could take away the violence, it'd be great to show your kids. But uh, you said that reaction, how did it go the other side of it, watching some of the complete product? Because um, I guess how it, lo- how it reads in the script to how the end, like Claudia was not joking. We sat next to each other. She's covering her eyes. Not four weeks earlier, we sat at the exact same cinema in the exact same seats watching Halloween ends. I want to say that the kills in this movie 
were Michael Myers could only dream of getting as 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 down and dirty as what Santa does in this. And he might have saved the best till last to so that fight you're talking about. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, I thought the action sequences were amazing, man. When I, I mean, I could have never imagined when I read the script that they were going to be that brilliant. I really didn't, you know, or be moved as much. I did laugh a lot when I read it, and it but it was even funnier because we all got to ad lib and improvise, and you got Edie Patterson, who's brilliant, man, and I got to ad lib a lot, and and Tommy kept a lot of it, uh, like Bah Humbug, motherfucker, my ad lib, and. Uh, <laughs> You know the song that was you know it was a lot of shit that i added so so that that was a lot of fun but when they started breaking down the action sequences and i saw the whole thing finally i was like with four thousand people i saw it at comic-con new york yeah. and they're screaming and hollering it, it was it was like you can't believe it the only thing that was upsetting was that they were rooting for my death that was the only thing that i couldn't really I don't know why I could accept it. I was like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> they awesome. hate me that much? I guess I did my job right, but it's still not like a, it's not like a, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. How do you, after a massive day of shooting these scenes and the gore and the action, this and that, how do you, John, how do you unwind when you go home? Oh, well, I mean, I'm definitely exhausted out of my mind because I have to keep the tension through the whole day, you know, 12 hours of like being revved up like that. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of like, I guess, a margarita, a little mezcal, two, two, maybe two glasses of mezcal, hanging out with some friends. A little, I, I do need to unwind. I can't go to bed right away after that. Now, this is a Christmas movie, but it's for adults at the moment. Are you ready for when the kids find out? Because only a year ago, you're a delight to everyone as Bruno from Encanto, and now you're the guy that's trying to kill Santa Claus, right? <laughs> I know. I'm going to go from the most say- beloved Bruno to, like, the most hated Christmas villain. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's a complete year for me, I think. Yeah. I mean, it started off massive, right? I mean, were you just on that? Were you actually prepared about how big even that song oh. became? We're a commercial radio station. We were having to play that in our breakfast show because of how well that was playing in Spotify. And so we've never had to do that with a Disney movie or anything before. And we were playing it every day. All it was you. wild. I mean, I love the movie. I love working with Jared Bush and, and Byron Howard, the directors. I had such a blast making that character. He's very sweet, very gentle, like a new type of male, you know, no toxic masculinity. So I love that. That was beautiful. But I and I love the songs, but I had no idea it was going to be Disney's number one musical in its history and number one on Spotify. And it was insane, man, the way it hit. And, And it proves that Latin content is king. You know, it's just like Hollywood needs to catch up to that. Absolutely. Amen. And that song, look, if you have any kind of tips or tricks on how to get that song out of your head, it's been on replay ever since I, like, I just, and I love it. I, and I love you, John, and I love Bruno, yeah. but oh my God. You know what I, I mean? I know, I know. I couldn't stop when, when, when I first saw the movie. I was constantly looking for it in TikTok. I was, I was like, I, 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 I wanted to hear it all over and over and over again. How do you get it out of your head? There's no way you're going to get out of your head because now there's yeah. going to be a play. There's a TV show coming out. They just <laughs> sold out at Hollywood Bowl for the whole yeah. weekend. Oh, I look forward to uh, for this to some of your lines, like you just said, that you even ad libbed it becoming. It, you know, taking up rent space because there's two things. I was so excited to talk to you because I've, I've loved you for, for so many years and I know that people know you from like the Buzz Lemon films as well and a bunch of other stuff, right. John Wick obviously, but two things of yours live in my head rent-free. Um, big Mario Brothers fan as a kid, so obviously yeah, thank is that you. one scene, like- the, the Mario Mario and Luigi Mario scene, I, <laughs> I, I, I use that almost monthly and the one thing that my brother and I at some point every single week will use one of your lines as Sid 
Uh, it's just a simple thing. I don't know if you know if you remember the line. Just one where he looks up and he goes, "No thanks, I choose life." I <laughs> I think that I say that on the weekly, and so I've, I've loved you, John, and I would love to see you. Yeah. In, no in thanks, I choose life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I got a life. That was awesome. <laughs> and I'm glad you said the Bahamut mother got that as well too. So. <laughs> I'm going to have sound bites awesome. of you in my head forever, mate. So thanks oh, I'm so glad, much for I'm glad, man. I'm glad, I'm glad. <laughs> the Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast.